What's up, soccer fans? Welcome back to the Americans Abroad Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined as always by Cole. What's up, Cole? With much, doing uh, quite well. I uh, I'm hey, getting any, are you, are you getting on. any wed, wedding jitters yet, or is no. it too early? Uh, I don't have any wedding jitters. For those who don't know, Cole's getting married in about three and a half weeks. So, yep. Um, all if right, you are hey. a faithful listener of the Americans Abroad podcast. I give you license to come crash the reception. <laughs> come crash. Okay, there you go. You just how, in, how, we'll how be in are we Athens know? if you find us? How are we going to find know? us? We'll be yeah. in Athens, Georgia. Okay. Tweet at me, and you can you can crash. Okay, that sounds good. Um, Hey, before we get into Americans Abroad and all of our normal stuff, uh, let's talk about big tournament coming up next summer here in the U.S., the Copa America. Uh, And big news for us here, Atlanta is going to host the opening match of the tournament. We know Argentina. We don't know who they're going to be playing yet, but Argentina will be one of the teams. And also, the U.S. men's national team will be in Atlanta on June 27th, three days before your birthday. So, I guess that'd be a good birthday. Be exciting! Present. Yeah, we will. We will do our best to try and be there. So we will. We can record a pod in Atlanta that that day. Oh, that would um, be good. See who we can pregame. Pick up. Okay, you know, pregame pod. So, so, oh, I wonder if now, hey, can we get, can we get press credentials now since we have a podcast? I don't know if that's how it works, but <laughs> that would be good. Not if we sure. Could. We, not sure. We have quite the audience We're not yet quite there yet. Hey, if y'all will, uh, y'all will join and sign up and subscribe. Y'all might be able to get us press passes into there. So we just need a lot of you to do that. That's right. Better access. Yeah, that would be, that's true. Y'all do, y'all do that. We will get you some interviews. So, uh, but that's big. That tournament is one of the biggest in the world. Uh, the USA is going to be part of it. And especially without having qualifying before the 2026 Olympics, uh, the U S needs to get as tested as much as possible. And this is going to be obviously probably the biggest one. Uh, because of the quality of the teams that are going to be in there. There'll also be a great test for Burhalter just to see how is his plan going as they get a chance to play top teams outside of CONCACAF. Yeah, and I think that the noise is already loud against Burhalter. So if we have a really poor tournament, it will be deafening, I think. So Yeah, if we important. have a bad tournament, tournament, he may not last. Yeah, it. I think the only way that would probably happen is if like the players kind of set felt like it was time to move on because as of now he kind of does have the players' support, which is why he probably has the job. I would say. Yeah, but I think so, if we don't make a good showing at that, I think he's. I think yeah, they'll be upset. They'll probably. Yeah, I agree. It should be. It should be. I mean, this is how you get. This should be the standard. You have to perform well against decent teams in a tournament where you should at least, I think the U S should, should make the semifinals is yeah. what I would say. Yeah. I think that should think. be the goal. Semifinals at a minimum. Yeah. Um, so, and, I and think that would that be, and that would be an achievement be judged on that. Uh, they're going to do the yeah, definitely. draw, I think is this Thursday to find out. So yeah. Yeah. The, there's a little bit of information already out about it, but, um, obviously the official draw will be then, but basically I'll just give a little bit of information on what we do have. So like you said, Argentina, because they're defending Copa America champs, they will be in group a, so they will have the first game of the tournament, which is that opener in Atlanta on June 20th, I believe is yes. the day yeah, of that opener. Right. And then group B is the defending gold cup champion. So they're the first seed, which is Mexico in group B. Boo. So Argentina first. Yeah. Nah. So Argentina, the first group, a seed Mexico, the first seed in group B, the highest ranked CONCACAF team is the highest seeded team in group C. So that's us. The U S is the first team in group C. And USA. then the highest ranked, uh, Cumberball 
team is the first in Group D, which is Brazil. So you have Argentina, Mexico, United States, Brazil in the four groups. So then the following people, and they've announced a few games. So like we know the U.S. is playing in Atlanta on June 27th. Yeah, we don't know the opponents yet. I assume that will be their second group stage game based on if Argentina starts on the 20th. I'm going to guess that falls around the U.S.'s second game. Yeah, I think About that's probably right. five or six days out from their first one. And so then the potential teams in pot two, so every group will have one of these teams, is Uruguay, Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru. So – all very good teams. I would imagine you want to avoid Uruguay and Colombia most. Those would be the two yeah, that you really don't want is one of those two. They both are doing very well in World Cup qualifying in Convoball right now. And so um, two teams you probably want to avoid. And they have some extreme star stars on their teams. So, And then in pot three, you have Chile. Um, you have... Panama, you have Venezuela, and you have Paraguay. And so none of those are really weak teams. Venezuela is actually having a really good World Cup qualifying in South America right now. And so that's a sneaky team, I think, in pot three. But then you've still got, you know, a team like Paraguay, who, as we know, as a Lady United fans, Miguel Almiron's an extremely talented player. Yeah. Um, and so It'd be fun all- to see him again. Yeah, so that would be that could be a theoretically really fun thing if the U.S. say we played like Paraguay and Atlanta. In Atlanta. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome for us as fans. Same with if we played Venezuela, and yeah, so you got Joseph. Joseph Martinez in Atlanta. So some really fun ideas. Um, obviously, if or Tiago Argentina, Almeida is if on, we, if we play yeah, Argentina eventually, we get Tiago Almeida. Well, we won't play. In that Atlanta. won't be There's in Atlanta. No, we'll have to go to Miami stage to see games that in one. Atlanta. But Tiago Amato will, if he's on the roster, will get a game in Atlanta, which is really exciting. I think he'll be very appreciated by the Atlanta fans there who very much love him. And then finally, to go through our group uh, pot four teams, we have uh, a couple teams. So a couple groups have not been decided. Mm. Um, and so I need to make sure Jamaica is in. So they're one of the teams in pot four. And then Bolivia is in. They're uh, the the second team. And then it's between four teams. So it will be either be Canada or Trinidad and Tobago. They have a playoff. or And then Costa Rica or Honduras. So they're also in a playoff. So, so Canada should be favored um, in that, right? Canada should be heavily favored. So my guess is you'll get Jamaica, Bolivia, Canada, and then the winner of Costa Rica, Honduras, which is actually a pretty unfortunate yeah. for one of them that one of them's not going to make it. You would two teams that you would think would potentially normally be in this kind of tournament. And so will be disappointing for them nonetheless. But that's how the groups are going to shake out. So just and be looking draws for that on Thursday, draw. right? Let me officially... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this Thursday. You answered for that. that out. Yeah, you can talk about whatever you're going to say. Well, so. while you do that, yeah. while you look that up, you brought up Tiago Almeida. Um, we always knew that he was going to be leaving Atlanta. He wasn't going to be long for there, and he's come out today saying that he's ready to go now. So we're looking for him to be gone in this January window. Uh I was just looking up. Uh, transfer market has him rated at about $27 million. Uh, I know a lot of people are thinking he'll break the record for an, you know, a trade from the MLS uh, going I'd somewhere like to else. See, I'd like to see around 30 potentially. Yeah, it would it'll be, be really interesting. Awesome. You know, and Atlanta's got to have that balance that you don't price people out, hold too much, and then totally. you end up with somebody who doesn't really want to be there. Uh, he's under contract until 2025. Us, so, so right. um, you know, I, I was looking and you, you know, naturally, and you right now, you've got the biggest teams in the world that are being rumored. Uh, pretty much all the top teams in Syria uh, are nowhere interested in him. You've got another list, Man U, uh, Chelsea, Don't Tottenham, and Don't Liverpool. Don't go there. Yeah, Liverpool. Don't go also, to the Man U or Chelsea. I'll yeah, say I that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Tottenham would be fun for him i think 
Tottenham would be great. I think he would actually fit in nicely there as kind of a Madison replacement or Madison backup kind of and would get some good game time for him. So he'd fit in with that style. Same as Liverpool. There's too much of a mess and too much of a backlog with players. I think at United or Chelsea, just in terms of a lot of talented players who just in and around the club, but not all playing, not all in form. And I just think that'd be maybe a hard place to jump in. Yeah, he said his preference is either the Premier League or La Liga. So uh, we'll sort of see what pans out. La Liga could be – I think La Liga would be a very natural step for him, I think, also just being a a Spanish speaker. I think that that would be an easy adjustment where obviously that's part of a hard adjustment for players going to sometimes Premier League, which he does speak English, but I'm trying to think how fluent he is in English. I'm not sure if I've seen many of his interviews – yeah, but the only other good thing is you have a lot of you have a lot of Spanish speaking players already in the Premier League. Definitely. Uh definitely. And even, you know, you have Spanish speaking coaches as well. So depending on where it gets there. And he has experience playing in an English league, yeah. obviously, being yeah. in the United States. But yeah. one other thing I wanted to say, and then I'm gonna comment on that, is I just wanted to read out the venues for Copa America real quick. Okay. And the draw is the draw is on Thursday. So but uh, the Copa America venues, Las Vegas, that's uh, Allegiance Field, Alliance. What's it called? Alliance? Alliance. No, it's Allegiant. Allegiant. It's, it's Allegiant Field. Yeah. Allegiant Field, sorry. Arlington, Texas, which I believe is the Dallas Stadium. And then Charlotte. So you've got Charlotte FC there. That's where the Panthers play. Kansas City has two stadiums. They have Sporting KC Stadium and Arrowhead. So that's interesting. Um, so they're Orlando, using both of those stadiums in Kansas City? I assume there's probably one game each. Okay. But I'm not exactly sure. Then Orlando, so Orlando City Stadium. So there's a few like MLS stadiums and then some uh, NFL stadiums. What I'm going to guess is that some of the group stage games – or in the MLS stadiums, I would imagine once you get to the knockout rounds, they're all in the bigger stadiums. Yeah. And then Miami, which is where the final is going to be. So that's in Hard Rock Stadium. Then Santa Clara, which is where the 49ers play. Atlanta. So obviously we talked about two games going to be there in Mercedes-Benz. East Rutherford, New Jersey. That's where the Jets and Giants play. Houston, which is where the Texans are. Austin FC Stadium. Then uh, L.A., so SoFi, and Phoenix, so which is where you get the um, the Cardinals play. But the finals in Miami, third place is in Charlotte, a semifinal in Charlotte, and a semifinal in East Rutherford. Quarterfinals are Arlington, Houston, Phoenix, and Vegas. And then the U.S. is playing in Arlington, Atlanta, and Kansas City, but Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Obviously, because they'll imagine the U.S. will draw big crowds. All right. Um, let's jump on into our uh, Americans abroad then. Uh, started with our normal start out, which is the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'll start out uh, going for that first um, ugly. Yeah, I'm saying we're Americans abroad, but hey. Everybody knows, if you've listened to the show at all, we're also college football fans. And Ugly was the selection committee's choice to put in Alabama over FSU. And that's all I will say about that. Um, I think I will agree with you there. But I don't want to get into a college football No, we're not going to get into a shouting match of there. Of any sort. Especially but I do agree, I think. Especially with Bama fans. Think, All I can say think, is go Big Blue. Um, which is funny coming from you. Yeah. Uh, I know because I can't stand Michigan. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, for my bad. Um, yeah, I really think, you know, and I can put several players there, but I really think, I think the longer it goes on, I think Geo is, he's got to get out of there. Uh He's just not he's not going to develop. He's just not getting any playing time there at all. Um, I just think that's a bad situation for him. Uh, 
so hopefully that's something you know we'll see. You you heard some rumors about it happening, uh, especially to some of the Serie A teams. Um, but we'll just sort of see what that happens. But I, I just think that's a dead end for him in Dortmund, right? And I know he wants to try to work his way and prove himself and push it into there. But uh, when they're starting younger guys than you, and you, we talked about that last time, and I think he actually scored in their game against Milan, uh, I, I think that's a hard road for him there in uh, Dortmund. Uh, and then my good is – you know, I'm going with Chris Richards. Uh, Chris Richards had a big, big weekend. Uh, I guess they lost against Liverpool. Um, but he just played a great, great game. Uh, had a great assist. He played well defensively. Uh, you see, Salah, he held Salah. Salah didn't score. Uh, some of the other things he had. He had 13 interceptions, which like were the are the most in the Premier League since like in the past 15 years or something crazy. Wow, uh, solid game, and he actually made the. You know, this is you can find this on ESPN, and they do this based on something called the Who Scored model. Uh, he was part of the European Team of the Week. He was designated as the wow. best left back of the week. Uh, for all of the big five leagues. So that's a pretty big step for him. Uh, so he's my he's my good of the week. Wait, did you say left back? Yes. I thought he played at the six. Who? Chris no, Richards. Not, no, I wasn't saying Chris. Oh, you're talking no. about Anthony. Talking sorry, about Anthony. sorry. That was a, yeah, sorry, Anthony. sorry, sorry. Sorry, yeah, wrong one. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about I'm, Anthony Robinson. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that does that. He's been on fire. So yeah, he's he was you know, absolutely yeah, he on was, a. He was good. Chris Richards was good. We'll talk about him later. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, Anthony Robinson was just yeah. He's yeah. He's, sorry, you said Chris Richards. Oh, did so I, say, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Mean I think to you do said that. Chris Richards. Why? Well, I, yeah. I, I know I had him on my list to talk about too. Yeah, Anthony Same, Robinson. Anthony, I'm yeah, sorry Anthony. for all of that. Uh, he Next, scored. I was like, I swear Chris Richards did not play at left yeah, back. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a new position for him. He did have a new position. Um, he did, just not no, left back. No, that's Anthony Robinson, so excuse yeah. that. No, um, no, no, you're good. But he's like having a score. He's either had a goal and assist in five straight games. He's just really – he's he may be playing the best of any American over there in Europe right now. I would be, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised that he gets a move to a bigger team. I was going to say my players of the season USMNT club wise so far. If I had to do three, it would be Weston, Anthony, and Pulisic. Those three have been pretty consistently all year, pretty excellent. Maybe Pulisic a little more up and down, just because the nature of the position he plays is a little more dependent on goals and assists and really changing the game, but he's done it quite a bit and it's been really good for them when he's played. So those three for me have just been yeah, really we'll do excellent. A, yeah, we'll probably consistent. do a, a mid year review probably team you know after, team of the season. Yeah, after boxing day. So uh that might be a good time to do that. Anyway. All right, what do you have I for will us? give my good, bad and ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So I will give my I'll give my good first, and I'm gonna go a little bit off the radar. Not off the radar. We talk about him, but I want to give uh, Georgie Mihailovic a shout out again, okay. just for perseverance. Not even in his his first performance was better, I think, than this one the other day. But he played another 88 minutes or so in a game, so essentially got back to back starts, and you know, just encouraging to see someone who takes a leap when it comes to going from MLS to Europe and struggles to get playing time as long as he did for months and but kind of continues to keep his head down work hard and is you know plays puts in a good performance and is rewarded with another start and hopefully that's going to continue to be a trend for him and uh Alkmaar and so I think that that's just something that's you know not even necessarily he's not about to jump into any USMNT lineup, but just as like an American abroad, putting your head down, grinding, being a valuable 
part of a team and being someone that I I just, you know, you don't always, we don't always shout out the guys who are just, you know, grinding and making it happen, even though they might not be a first choice guy who's going to play for the U S but someone who's gone over there and done, you know, it could have been easy to stay in MLS and be a designated player somewhere and make a decent salary and have a good career, but to go really challenge yourself and grind and, kind of starting to prove yourself I think is an impressive and hard thing to do just as a as a person so wanted to give him another shout out all right what else you got and then my bad is kind of like a it's like a bad but it's a good so I'm kind of cheating on the question my bad is cheating my bad my bad is a celebration um so my bad My bad is Nottingham Forest has been terrible lately. I mean, just terrible. Um, And Vlachodimos hasn't been great. And so the – So that's for everyone. That is the the goalie who's playing for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, not – and he's not been good, but they've also just in general been terrible. And so they've really kind of dropped off as – over the past couple weeks. They've lost four or five games now. Doesn't don't fool them so, in Nottingham play tomorrow. They do. 230. So okay. interesting to see if Turner gets a sniff. Yeah, that would I don't be know good. if he will. I don't know if he will, but I think it's a possibility. Vlachidimos is definitely not covering himself in glory. I don't know if he's been just terrible, but there's been a few times he probably could have done a little better. I think he's underperforming his expected goals. Like he's given up more than has been yeah. against him. Yeah, he's Which is never him, a great sign which is never a great sign for a goalie. And so, and Turner obviously a few times didn't cover himself in glory. Even when he played with the U S this last window was not yeah. very good, but I think he's probably going to get another chance soon, which is a uh, bad for them, but a celebration for uh, Americans abroad. So nice. that is my bad. Um, I know. And I feel bad. That guy might be a great guy. You know, I just, <laughs> Well, I, I luckily I'd probably not listening to this podcast, so I don't think we'll hear any flack from him. That's true. But you, you never, never know. know. I know you so, never know. The reach of the internet. Um. Yeah. But anyway, um, my ugly. I am gonna go with uh, Giorena also, but mainly because I want to talk about him a little bit and just. Okay. You know, some potential moves for him, what that might look like. There's been some rumors for him out in the window about loan moves over the Christmas break. I think so. I was okay with when it was like he was coming off the bench. Yeah, when he was most playing games, super sub. And it was like, and I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, he already has injury problems. I'm like, for these couple months, I'm like, fine. If he comes off the bench, affects games. And that's what he does, but he stays healthy, you know, gets into a good rhythm training wise and whatnot. But now it's kind of gotten to the point where he's really not playing at all, hardly. Yeah, he's very only getting rarely, in every third or fourth game now. And so that I would say is not something that is going to be good for him development wise, future wise. And so. I, I would love a loan move. I don't know if I see a permanent transfer coming, but um, I think that would be huge if we could get some kind of transfer here to him. Have you seen rumors out there? I know Ajax was one of the ones that was rumored for a little bit. Um, yeah, and then... I have not seen anything on that. And, you know, I think you're probably right. I think a loan, especially in January, a loan is much more likely. Um. Uh, but, you know, going back to what you had said, you know, we he may be the most talented player on the U.S. men's national team. But he's got a lot of developing still to go. And he ain't going to do Definitely. that sitting on the bench. Right. So that one's one that's, you know, it's, it's tricky knowing it's be – because obviously the club's got to agree to it. They still like in the game day roster and play some. So it's like, how willing are they to let him go versus does he want to still fight for a position there? So it's just, when it gets into that, it's tricky, Um, but he's got to get playing time. So anyway, he can go make a move would be, would be huge. 
All right then. So. Um, so that's our good, bad, and ugly. Let's uh, let's take a look at some of the other players. Then we'll start out in England. Uh, we already talked about Jedi, so we're not going to talk about him anymore. Uh, evidently, I talked about Chris Richards, but just in the wrong way. So uh, let's talk about Chris Richards, who actually ended up starting as a six. Yeah, play the defensive mid, and I think that. He actually played really well. They, from what I'd seen on their response from their fans on Twitter, coach, stuff like that, fans were very pleased. They seem to be of the mind that, like, they need to get him on the field more, whether it's in the midfield, center back, right back. They like his energy, his defensive ability, just his youth, that kind of thing. And so they, he was actually voted uh, man of the match on, like, Crystal Palace's team page. And so I think that, Hopefully, just maybe some of that versatility becomes more of an, a way that he finds his way onto the pitch. And yeah, so and I, th- I think sometimes versatility can be a curse because you never find a starting spot. You're just always plugging in as needed in different places, right. and you may end up time on the bench there. But for him right now, I think their center back pairing is is probably so set and solid. That uh, it's gonna be hard to get in there. I think it's hard for him to get in unless there's an injury or something there. And so his best bet may be, uh, you know, moving to another position. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if he's played that much before, uh, but it was an interesting thing that happened, and he he took to it well. I think he found out just really at the last minute, like maybe night before, that he was gonna have to play there. So uh, I think he did himself well, proud that- in doing that. The interesting thing is, obviously, he's a good defender, but he's also pretty good on the ball, like yeah. as a passer, not necessarily dribbling by people, but as a passer, which is much more you can play as that kind of six is a, you know, distributor. Maybe you put some cross field long balls in. You don't necessarily have to be a Musa type to like dribble by people. Yeah. And, he could be much more of a defensive presence who kind of distributes. And so it'll be interesting to see if he kind of develops as someone who can play at the six as well. I think of like Jeff Cameron pretty seamlessly played defensive mid and center and back. center back, you're right. Yeah, and so I think that that is something that, you know, is super valuable. That's why James Sands found his way into rosters, I think, because he could play defensive mid and he could play center back. I think that's one of the interesting things about Leonard Maloney is that I actually think, you know, he's an option at center back where maybe he's not quite what we're looking for at defensive mid, but he's still got that kind of versatility. And so I think it's good to find players like that who, you know, at a World Cup or a tournament like Copa America where you have limited rosters, think how valuable that is to have a player who can play multiple positions. Like you're so confident, you know, in our outside back, you're much more confident pool because, you know, Des can play either side. And so right. it's, you know, you have cover there, even if maybe you don't have quite as good a left back backup and so i think that that could be you know just a really valuable way to help you get into teams in the future help find your way on the field so well it'd be interesting, interesting to see if that develops yeah it's going to be interesting if they continue to use them there at all i think that may, may have been just a one-off right. thing definitely uh, but uh if he does actually start to get time there that might be good as far as from the u.s men's national team just because you know, Tyler Adams, we know when he's healthy is going to be there, but that's a big question with him when he's healthy. Definitely. Um, and Richards has also shown that he can play a little bit of right back. He's played for Crystal Palace, so he's obviously got a decent bit of versatility just in general. So, all right. anyway. Uh, Luca Colioso, first goal, first Premier League yeah. goal in, in a really – a. For Burnley, I mean, it was a goal fest, uh, 5-0. Yeah. Um, uh, that was against Sheffield. Unfortunately, Trusty didn't uh, cover himself in glory playing for Sheffield. It got Sheffield's coach fired. Their manager is out. Uh, they've actually gone back with their old manager, Chris Wilder. Um, but that was big for him. Uh you know, I still think he's a long shot to be a U.S. men's national player. He just played, I think, last month during the – he played for the Italy under 21. So, uh, but it would be nice. Yeah. 
And until you know, he, you know, I until he makes that commitment, we'll keep talking about him. We I'm want still you. optimistic. I'm still optimistic that we might get him. I don't know why. I just have a feeling about it. But seems like someone we're really pursuing clearly. Yeah. So, but yeah, he was really good. He did come off injured today, but I think it was he tried to carry on for a little bit, and I don't think it's too serious. But they ended up losing one zero to Wolves. Yeah. But he's clearly their most dangerous attacker and company had some pretty glowing reviews about him just talking about how just how high the ceiling is for him um and he said i think he said i don't think there's a limit to where it can go i think he has so much to learn of course but he's in the right place for that he's at the right level for this moment in his career and i think it's a matter of time he said he's extremely hard on himself still very demanding of himself but the good thing is it takes him a couple of seconds and he's back and so um I think he's got a really bright, company. really, yeah, really bright future. It's also amazing they got him for two point six million. He's probably worth going towards twenty now. Like yeah. it's like it's crazy <laughs> how much. Is. Like what a good what a good purchase by Burnley right there. So that um, I mean he's only still eighteen. So yeah, really exciting stuff. And Young guy, man, be nice if we fingers, could get him. Fingers crossed to have him on Copa America roster. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, other stuff, Tim Ream, again, just solid playing back there, although they did give up four goals. But I, you look at all of those goals. and Yeah, they were all amazing goals. Yeah, it was, yeah I don't think you know any of those could be attributed directly to him. Um, all four of them were like goal of the season contenders. They yeah. were all literally amazing. Yeah, except that I think Trent's first one, the free kick, they ended up calling that an own goal on the goalie because I think it went off his back. It was so good that it it was. It was came off the crossbar off him again. But Um, Anthony was actually amazing for I know you talked about it, but he was amazing for a team that gave up four goals. He was really good. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh you got your boy, and this is lower leagues. You got your boy, you mentioned before, Christian Fletcher. Is that his name? Yeah. Had a hat trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah what, I think I told you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Swansea B or somewhere or something like that, I think. U21s. Yeah. Two hat tricks in a row. Yeah, that's but pretty I amazing. They, I think they did. Swansea U21s did lose today. I'm not sure he scored. So the streak is over. But, I mean, he's got an absurd amount of goals. So. Yeah, he does. It's kind of funny. Uh, so I'm, I got to think he, he is getting a move or a permanent signing there in December. So, because he's on loan there for six months from DC, so uh, he's either or DC's going to be like you're a starter for us. Yeah, we're going to throw home. you into our yeah. first team. Yeah. So, but I could see I'd seen rumors of him to a couple of different teams in Europe were interested. Swansea was interested well, in was permanently. Say Swansea, so yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Swan and Swansea's in some trouble right now. They've dropped down the table pretty heavily, and that takes us right into our QPR minute oh, the QPR as minute. we speak <laughs> speak of England so what a week QPR's for on the a roll. what an absolute week I was through the moon I mean I was fist bumping I wanted to hug Marty Safuentes I, I mean it <laughs> who, was who did you fi- so, who did you find a fist bump over a QPR game in Athens I was alone I was by alone yourself okay you're bumping um, yeah, yourself yeah. okay I was just filming myself, but, um, we just, it's just exciting to like, we might go down. It's still possible, but just like the hope of like, we actually are playing soccer. Like we're actually, there's actually a style. There's actually a progression of play. There's actually like a clear ability to create chances. Also, it just like shows how out of his depth Gareth Ainsworth was like he wasn't playing Chris Willick Chris Willick was just like estranged from the team and last year the first half of the season he was the best player in the championship so it's like it's just what and like he's had two goals the past he has had a goal the past two games and so just getting him and Ilias chair the best out of them too it's like if they're them two are on they could be two of the best you know 10 players in the championship so we're still four points below the relegation zone, but it's because everyone right around us has been winning a lot. So us and Huddersfield have both been catching up kind of to the next group of teams, and there's a lot in that circle. So if we can win another game or two on this run, 
we're going to be right in the thick of about eight teams who will be battling kind of for that drop. Uh, Reggie Cannon started, um, and so he's going to continue to be a fixture in the team and hopefully a team that starts to climb the table a little bit. Good deal. Any other England news? Anybody playing over there you can think of? I did say we're Josh DK. Sargent started practicing. Yeah, I saw he is on DK. grass. Yeah, Daryl DK. He's scheduled. They're looking to him to come so, back maybe by the end of the year. So, so yeah, his. Uh, you mean like the end of December, right? Yeah, end of December, not the end of the. Yeah, yeah. yeah was, end of this no, calendar yeah. so year. So him and him and Sargent, I think, are on about uh, the same tracking, the same way. Uh, Josh started on grass. He's obviously been doing rehab, all kind of personal workouts, that kind of thing, strengthening, but he's kind of just gotten on grass and doing some more training. And so I'm thinking hopefully around the new year, you might see both of them ushered back into the first team, which would be really exciting. Yeah, just that'd be even, good to see. We have a lot of depth at striker right now, but just for them to and as players to get to watch as Americans and hopefully see how they can do. And Norwich definitely needs Sargent and DK – uh, West Brom is West having Brom. an amazing season. They're having a really good season. They're going to be playoff contenders. And so he'll give a huge boost because they needed a goal, another goal scorer. So he's going to give a huge boost to a team that can use a goal scorer that's making a push for the Premier League. So be exciting for both of them to come back. All right. Let's uh let's go to Germany real quick. Uh, probably big news there. Paxton Aronson gets his first start of the year. Yeah, he'd gotten a start in Europa League, I think, but this was yeah, his first, first time in the Bundesliga. Bundesliga, so, yeah. which he is only, great for him. Only played 45 minutes, but hey, he got a which, start. So I don't know what that means. I didn't watch the game. I don't know if yeah. he was just terrible for 45 minutes or if that was planned. I'm yeah. not really sure. I don't know either. But And I haven't seen many people out there. I'm not sure. I haven't seen many people talk about it. Which I'm still in the space of with him, where it's like any playing time. He's is so fine. young, yeah. He's I think like, it was just great that he got a start. New, he's young, yeah. I'm like, whatever. Just get on the field, get some, get some minutes. Great for him. Uh, Scally, his uh, is, is, Scally, his Scally's just he's pretty much similar, same thing every. He's week. locked himself in. So he's, yeah, locked he's locked himself, himself in. in. He's playing 90 minutes every time they go out. Um. So he's good, which is great. I mean, he's still, he's probably still going to be our, he's the first backup to Dest. So that that's yeah. good to see that he's getting that consistency in play. Uh, and I think just with, and I think just with, you know, I would say we have two good starting outside backs and then Scally's like the clear next guy. Yeah. And so I think there's plenty of game time for him. Because he's versatile, he could play on the left if he had to. I think there's plenty of time he's going to get and will always be in rosters kind of yeah. going forward. And yeah, so he will be. he's going to be a kind of lock him in, no question, to the team. Uh, what else you got, Germany? Unfortunately, brother, brother Pat, brother Aronson, he got snowed out. Yeah, so uh, I saw that. Probably good. Uh, they were playing Bayern, so uh and they and they haven't been great no Union. they haven't been they've struggled this year uh he fox still injured i think he's tracking around the same time end of december so we might get a a flush of strikers back all at once so mm. which will be good to kind of kick off that january window um so we'll be exciting too yeah maloney how- i think maloney played he got it he actually got an assist in the game uh, I did see that he um he pl- and he's a pretty pretty consistently starter yeah, for Heidenheim yeah. and and play decent minutes. Yeah, he does. So and you know who knows what his long term future is with the U.S. men's team, but uh, he's he probably will be he's one of those that he's going to be a, he'll be on the team just as a backup. Yeah. Uh. All right, uh, PSV, PSV. I think you declared them the Eredivisie champions. Uh, it's already. I have. I've gone ahead and said it. PSV is made Eredivisie the call. champions. This is like the you election when they ahead. call it. They call the election at one minute after seven o'clock when the polls close. Is that what this is? Go ahead and take it to the bank. Honestly, go ahead and lay down your bets. You have gotten a guarantee from me that PSV is going to win there. You can what book kind it. Of, don't even look at that bet, bet until the end of the season. Make? 
Yeah, I can't imagine your odds would be real good right now. No, but just throw as much money (laughs) as you have on that because there is no question that league is over. They beat Feyenoord. I'll I'll look into the odds and see about doing that for you. That would be a wedding present to you. They've jumped to a 10-point lead, and that was the other best team in the league that they beat. Yeah. And so they're 14-0-0. They have won every single game, yeah. scored 50, given up six. No draws. This league is over. <laughs> and the fun part is Americans are playing such a big part there. So yeah. uh, I think they play on Thursday this week. Uh, so if you want to watch them, you'll have a chance to do that, I think. Uh, all right, let's jump to Italy. Uh, probably big thing, if you saw the Milan game, Christian Pulisic, uh, beautiful goal. Great goal. Uh, uh, we should have had our sound. We should have had the. Uh, there was a great, yes. a great uh, call by the Italian guy again. What a this the AC Milan announcer had a good one again. Um, well, if you want to listen to that, I'm sure you can go find that. You can go uh, on YouTube. But he played. He played really good. He's now the second leading scorer for Milan this year after Giroud. So uh, Drew wouldn't have as many if it wasn't for all the pen. He takes all their penalties. Yeah, so, I know. I know. And that, yeah, and he missed the last one he took last week. Um, so he might not be anymore. But anyway, uh, Musa ninety minutes there. Uh, you know, and then Who's, obviously McKinney. He played ninety minutes in Juve's game, and uh, I think they're tied. Are they tied or they're in sec- second? They're like you know one point or so behind. I think. Think. They are two points behind in inner. Okay. Let's see for sure. But they are two points behind inner. Inner's on 35. They're on 33. AC Milan's on 29. And then it's a five-point gap to fourth. Wow. So What's really, really cool it's probably is just right. seeing Americans be this yeah. key to that, uh, to the Serie A, seeing who's going to win that this year is pretty cool to see. Uh, the uh, Pulisic goal was – Beautiful. It was a uh, goalie assist. Yeah, Mignon, I know. Uh, punted it from his own box right over the top of the center backs. And Pulisic, the best part of it was his touch. So it was a good run to get in behind. And his it first was touch was brilliant. It was a world-class first touch. And I thought maybe the defender put him off by sending him a little bit to the right too much. But then Pulisic, just kind of with a delicate little almost like kind of chip of sorts just right into the top corner it was a it was a beautiful goal yeah, yeah. a really really good goal yeah. if you haven't seen it you need to go go on youtube and you can find that uh but it was beautiful and i mean it is i mean you think about that running trying to gauge the you know how far is the ball going to go the speed of right. it how it's going to hit the spin all of that to be able to control that the way that he did, it was just – I mean, that, that was a world-class play by him. And for, I know he gets a yeah. lot of people that complain that he doesn't live up to his potential in that, but that was uh, that was Pulisic at his best on that. Um, probably a bad thing. I, I saw – I did read something where, uh, where Bayern is looking at going after Milan's goalie. Uh, so I, mean, I hope that sense. I hope that doesn't happen because that's one of the good things that Milan have right now is their goalie. Uh, they've got some, they got a lot he's, of holes on. He's defense. really good with the ball. He's really yeah. good with the ball. He's that he's he's one of those goalies, you know, of the Allen. Yeah, he's the modern goalie. Ederson type of quality. So he can just you know he can ping a pass ping a pretty pass. well. All right. Well, you know. Yeah, and uh, um, the other thing I was I was gonna say gonna one say? other thing. I think Tim Weah, sometime around mid December, maybe the back half of December is when he's expected back. So he had gotten some kind of like a little bit of a setback over the international break when they were actually trying to rest him and yeah. just do some training there and not be with the national team. And hopefully he's gonna be back after that. I think he had a little bit of a setback, and now it's more mid end of December. So. Nothing too too long, but he has been out now for, you know, since end of October, beginning of November. So it would be hopefully good that he can get healthy. Well, and hopefully he'll be able to 
He'll, hopefully he'll be able to get back into the lineup, and, but that would be moving McKinney back to midfield. But uh, let's hope that happens. Which they might do. He's been so good. Yeah. I think uh, it they, will It will take – They have to decide whether putting up. him in midfield yeah. is, yeah, going to be better than who they have there to get way in. And, and he's played a little bit of both. It just kind of depends on the game. Yeah. But – He's just been awesome. He's he's been maybe their player this season. So he's been really, really just consistent, solid. He can play every game. He never stops. He's got an engine. He just kind of does it all. Yeah. So if if you're not watching Syria, uh, it is gotta do it. Yeah, you gotta, gotta, gotta do it, do it. Uh, with all the Americans there, and it's just a fun league to watch. Oh, it's a great. I, it's. One of my favorite things has been watching Serie A this season. It's just a super underrated league, I think. I personally, for me, and I think there's in, say, the Bayerns, the PSGs, the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid's at the top level, Atletico, those teams like that might be, you know, maybe more of the contenders in, say, Champions, Champions league, league you might yeah. typically expect. But from top to bottom, Serie A is it's I think it's the second best league for my money. And just from uh yeah, well, that's last year if you look at they the were depth. they were on that coefficient uh, last year with the Champions League. They were the second rated league based on the well, Champions you look League at it. performance. I mean you look at someone like well, I mean League One is a league of one, basically, PSG. Yeah, and you've got a few teams around the top that are okay, Monaco's yeah decent you got breast is okay a couple of teams like that leo is fine but and then yeah, you get generally i agree la liga and typically it goes maybe three deep this year you got a fourth in there and, with... and this year i'll give it to la liga this year i also think it's had a really good run because girona is yeah still flying around there, towards the top of the table atletico is a team you wouldn't ever want to play uh, yeah, just they're a playing team much that would, more. Is, they're actually more free flowing, but still right hard. Now. Free flowing, yeah. but still hard to beat. One, you know, the they've got that arts. good combination. They've got that good combination, and then um, Real Sociedad has been a joy to watch in the Champions League. They have been fantastic, and so watching, um, like they have Kubo, who's the Japanese. Uh, like attacking mid winger, he's really good, and so they've just been really good as well. I think they're like sixth in Syria, Syria, or I mean, not Syria, Lulika. And so, um, and they top their group, a group with Inter, their top right now on wow. 11 points each. So, it, they're also a really good team. So, I think those two are two leagues that to me have been really surprisingly really good. Syria was last year, where I think. I, those are two leagues I'd put up, you know, maybe not quite at the level of competitiveness as the Premier League, but I put up there with, yeah. you know, some of those top teams with anyone, which All is right. why I think the Champions League is going to be great. We've got, uh, got a lot of midweek games. Premier League's playing uh, regular midweek sessions. Got, so those are a I've lot got, of games um, to look at. I've got a schedule for the week. All right. What do you got for us? Who should people um, be watching then? So people will be watching. I'm not going to give every game because there's actually a decent bit of games. Yeah. But if you want to tune into a few tomorrow or well today, as this comes out Wednesday. Yeah, this come out Wednesday at morning. At two thirty, at two thirty, you have Fulham, Nottingham. So you get Reem Robinson, Matt Turner potentially. That'll be on USA. You also can get. Just as the Liverpool fans, us, but also you can get Austin Trusty, Sheffield, Liverpool's at two thirty on Peacock. Poor Trusty. That might be a long, long yeah, day for him. Um, yeah, I will say so one thing real quick know. about Trusty. He's been a, a pretty much every game starter for them. Interesting if he stays that way with the new manager coming in. So for the his good sake, news I hope for him so. is I'm not sure there's a lot of other good yeah. options. <laughs> yeah, they don't have a lot <laughs> so. of depth. You get Crystal Palace, Bournemouth tomorrow, 2.30. Dortmund plays at 2.45. I believe the Germany games are cup games. Yeah, they're cup games. And so um, there's a few others on there. I'll put this is all on our Twitter, Americans Abroad Pod. 
Um, you can find this whole sheet. Thursday, uh, the game I'd highlight is probably PSV plays on ESPN Plus at 12.45. Good lunchtime then game to watch. It's, it's, it's also a cup game. And then Friday, the game I would uh, I would highlight. You do have Juve-Napoli, which is a big one at 2.45. Wow. Big wow. league game. Napoli struggled this year, but obviously they won the league last year. Still an extremely talented team. And so, um, get to see Weston. But then a shout-out to, uh, you can watch Westerlo play at 2.45 p.m. if you want to see some more, you know, off the cusp. If you want to see Brian Reynolds and Griffin Yao, it's yeah. on ESPN+. Plus. They've both been starting regularly, having a good season. Westerlo is pretty bad, so they're like the worst team in Belgium right now. But... Two players who are playing a lot. So yeah, it might be one of your only chances to see them. They're not on that. Yeah, often. they're it's not on ESPN Plus often. So if you want to get a couple guys who you might not see regularly, Westerlo two forty five on Friday on ESPN Plus. But those are the rest of the games on our Twitter. Check it out. All right. Uh, what else you got for us? Um, just trivia. Just trivia. Okay, let's see how bad I can suck at this. You're going to do fine. I've okay. got two questions. I like that attitude. What? Actually, the first one isn't even a question. I'm just going to give y'all a, like just a crazy thing. Okay. So This is a trivial fact. 2016, the last Copa America that the U.S. was in, it was the Copa America Centenario yeah. that was held in the United States. They actually had we several played- of those, by the way. Copa America Centenarios. Don't ask me why, but they did. Was that the actual 100th tournament? I, I think that actually was. And they had another one. In, it's like, okay, let's make up your mind on what you're having. Wow. So the U.S. actually, I believe we made it to the semifinals of that tournament we against Argentina. To, yeah, we lost to Argentina. Yeah. So we played Argentina in Copa America. And it, yeah, it was the Copa America semifinal. I am going to read you the lineup we fielded that night. And this will just give you a good, wow, we have come a long way as a soccering nation. Even if, uh, you know, we sometimes get annoyed at coaches or the way we play or the slowness of the progression. This will show you how clear it is how much we've progressed in the past seven years. So, in goal, Brad Guzan, who had a okay. thought he was good at that point in his career. Are you saying he's not? Um, he's not. Okay. And I'm an Atlanta United fan. He's got to go. He's got to go. I love him, but we got to get it. We got to get someone else. Um, I'll start from the back. DeAndre Yedlin. I guess he was in more of a. He was still in Newcastle then. That was more of his peak of his career. Yeah. Jeff Cameron, who was getting towards the end of his career. Jeff Cameron. Okay. John Brooks. That was more right. his, I guess, prime, prime of, of his, his career. career. I guess. He's Fabian a- Johnson. This was very in towards when he was getting called into the national team. So the back line, you're like, okay, it's not necessarily like oh. the most attacking back line per se, but it's a good one. Really solid. It gets bleak in the midfield. Okay, Let me the, just go ahead and say it. We played a 4-4-2. Our midfield across was Zardes, Bradley, Beckerman, and Zuzi. Wow. So Bradley was towards the back half of his career at any point. He'd kind of lost a step at this point. Then you have Zardes, who was never good as a midfielder. No. Like, he was fine as as a striker. He was okay. He wasn't good. He was okay. He was definitely not good as a right mid. Um, And then... Beckerman, who was about 45 at the time. Nah, he was not that old. He wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> but he was definitely older. And then Graham Zuzi playing left mid. Yeah. How, wow. Who was coaching this? Klinsman. Oh. This wow, was that's... pre-World Cup qualifying. Okay. That makes sense then. And then up top was Chris Wondolowski, who I did not know post-2014 after he missed those chances against Belgium that he ever played again for us. I didn't wow. even know he did. I thought he didn't play again for us, but he apparently did. 
Okay. So Chris Wondolowski and then Dempsey. So Dempsey was Dempsey was obviously pretty good at that point. Well, it was towards the end of his career, but still was was a good player. Yeah, so was it was an interesting team. I'm not surprised we didn't score. <laughs> I'll say that. No. Yeah. No, no, no joke. Okay. They they brought Darlington Nagby off the bench, Steve Birnbaum, and a 17-year-old Christian Pulisic. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Nagby is so, one that he is – you know, I don't know if what they did to him that soured him on the U.S. Men's National, but that's one that I think we missed out on. Yeah, yeah. I think he's underrated as a player. Oh, I, I think that he's – And some people don't love him. But I, I think he, he's not flashy, no, but super underrated. He's like a, he's like a Musa. He's like yeah. the older version of Musa. Yeah, I think he's better he's a little, than Musa. I think he's Musa is well, he's not a little what Musa is not he's yet a little bit what he less, was at his prime. He's a little bit less defensive. Yes. Than Musa, and he had a, he had a, he had a final pass. He had a final yeah, pass. Better he possession. Could make. Yes. Similar to Musa, though, he was never a goal scorer. No, he never he did. He was never. Yeah, I remember when he was in Atlanta. And every they were, now and people then. People were screaming him. And, he scored like twice. Yeah. But he was. And he was great. He was great, though. You couldn't take the ball away from him, and he could see a pass yeah. and make a pass. And that's where Musa's got to finish on his game, is actually making that final pass, but, I think. But Musa, you can tell that it's a similar and he's got the ceiling that he could be even better because the engine yep. Musa has yep. that he could be even a lot better than, and I think Nagby was at his peak was a fantastic player. Like I yep. loved Nagby as player in Atlanta, but anyway, all right, to our trivia. Is there actually, I just a, question, to give, I is there that, actually a question? Here? Yeah. I, I thought that okay. lineup was pretty funny. That midfield, that I laughed well, when I saw that midfield. I was like, that's impossible I didn't know, yeah. that we played that against Argentina. The crazy thing has to be Giassi playing. The right mid. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you're out. It was, yeah, it was, man, it was something. Yeah, um, that's a big deal to play in the Copa America. Golly. All right. So, anyway, all right. This is, I've gone a little bit different. Uh, of course you have. And I think, but it's, you know, I have got, this is an Atlanta United trivia question, ah. but you will be good at that. You should be good at that. That's yeah, right should in be. your, right up. Yeah. Right up. My right seats. in your forte. All right. All right. I'm going to name 10 players for Atlanta United. These 10 are the highest scores in Atlanta United's club history. Okay. I want you to order them. Oh, okay. good gosh. Okay. We'll try. All right. This is in no order. I'll try to do it alphabetical. I don't – I'm going to have to do it on the fly. All right. Tiago Almada. Okay. Miguel, you want to write this down? Yeah, I'm writing. All right. Almada. Miguel Almaron. Luis Arujo. He's one of the top ten. He is. Yeah. Ezekiel Barco. Okay. Um Julian Gressel. Yeah. Early. Georgios Giamakis. Okay. Mars Marcelino Moreno. Okay. Wow. Some of these e. guys. Martinez. Pity? Oh yeah, Pity was here. Yeah. Joseph Martinez and Hector Vialba. All right. Uh, this will be challenging. It is hard. Uh, it's really hard because there's a lot of them that are pretty close, I got to say. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. Well, they can't. Some of them can't have too, too many. Um, One is um, only. Well, I'll tell you after you order a couple of there's them. There's only what? One? <laughs> Well, one of them has more goals than every other person combined, I think. Joseph. No, he doesn't, but close. He's Joseph. 90 more than the next person. Joseph. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's Joseph is number one. He has yeah, nine, he's 89 so far, more than his, second place. His first years were insane. I mean, it was crazy before I mean, he was scoring 30-plus goals this season. Yeah, before so. he hurt his knee, 
Gosh, he was so much fun to watch. Uh, he could have played, I'm convinced before the knee injury, he could have played for most top leagues in Europe at a mid-table. Yeah, I know. You team. look at him, so good. He was so good. He was so good. let him go over there. He was where Torino. He was unbelievable. The, yeah. I think he just probably was at a team and didn't get service. And Joseph yeah. is a player that really needs good service. He's not going to be the, like, pacey beat defenders on his own necessarily. But if you give him a half chance at his prime, he would score nine out of ten times. Okay. Well, let's put him. Okay, he's number one. Oh. <coughs> let's go. Uh, how about Almiron? Almiron is two. He's tied with another, though. Ooh. 22 goals. 22 goals. Joseph had a Joseph had 111, by the way. 22 goals. How about uh, Barco? No. No. I'll give you I'll give you four wrongs because you're gonna miss a lot. Well, oh great. Um God, I'm trying to look and see. Send your send your mind back. I think I those early years we scored a lot of goals. Yeah, I know. Uh probably either Gressel or Viaba. Let's go with Tito. Vialba. He yeah. is tied with Almiron, 22 okay. goals. Yeah, he was. He played that winger, and he would be flying there. He was. Um, he was I liked him a lot. One-dimensional, but good player. Gressel. Gressel is tied for fourth slash fifth with another player. 20 goals. How about Pity? No. He didn't have that many? We've got uh, two more misses. Great. You're hey, you're doing good so far. Did Barco? Would he be there or no? Nope. How about Georgie then? Georgie's Nope. I'm I'm looking at count Somebody that as one, on here but, uh, has more than that? Yeah. Not only is Marino. Oh, tell me not a rouge. He wrote this person down. No. Did I not write him down You've then? guessed every person. You've guessed every person. Al- Almada, 20 goals. Oh, my gosh. He's up front, and I didn't even see him. You're right. He's at the top. Of, he was at the top of the page, and I didn't even see it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no wonder. You yeah, you're right. right. That's bad. 20 goals. All right, Almada. Then he's uh, – he G- Georgie's got to be up there because he fit. had like 17 in – Giamakis has 19. Yeah, he's tied he had, with one other player. He had 17 in the league, I think, and then maybe he had yeah, two outside of it. He is tied with one other player at 19. And so, okay, so you got you get. Let's let me go back over this. You got Joseph. He's got what 190. I don't know how many does he have. 111. 111. That's crazy that he's so much further ahead. Um, 158 appearances. Yeah, I don't know. That it, I don't think was... it'll ever be broken. Because I just think what's really? going to happen is Maybe anytime not. somebody good enough comes to score goals, they're going to end up getting moved somewhere really? else. 111 is a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right. So he's got there, and then who did you say second is Almiron and Vialba both have 22. Okay, so they're second and third. Uh, fourth yeah. and fifth, you had. Uh, Amada and Gressel, 20 Amada and Gressel. Georgie, next. He had ni- He's at 19. He's number six. There's someone tied with him, though, at 19. Uh, good. How about Barco? Barco, 19. Yeah, he had to have somewhere in there, I know, because he actually – Yeah, I mean, he had 107 appearances, so it's yeah. a lot. Yeah, he was disappointing. Right. Three more. It's Moreno, Martinez, and Arujo. Oh, I got to put them in order. Yeah. I'll put uh I'll give one. I'll one put Mar- miss, Martinez. Mm. No. All right. Yeah, you he, failed. Penny was the most disappointing player. Biggest disappointment. He scored eleven goals. He's tenth on the list. I mean, he was the he was the South American Player of the Year. Yeah, pretty wild. He, and I still he don't just, understand how he, he was. Never a bust. could, and I get you know it may have been the system or anything, but well, that's hard because there's so many nobody. I mean, that's such a pittance of goals. Ten, nine. I mean, good God. Moreno, Moreno had fourteen. Arujo had thirteen. I'm surprised Arujo had that many. 
to be honest. Well, he should have had about 40. Yeah, I know. So. That's what I'm saying. So, All right. Well, that's a good, next that was one. a good question. I mean, it's almost like it's Joseph, and then that's it. All right, <laughs> here's mean. your last trivia question to close the night. It's an easy one. Number 11, he's one of the leading goals, best goal scorers in MLS. Who is it? Number 11 on this list. He had nine goals for Atlanta United. Uh, Brandon Vasquez. Brandon Vasquez. Yeah. The nine goals that, and 39 appearances. The one that got Pretty good. away. He is. Yeah, and then all those years, you know, they're looking for, golly. Joseph yeah, got hurt, tough. and we had nobody. We went and got awful, awful people. Jurgen Dom. Um, oh, God, I don't even want to talk about God, it. Uh, all right. On that uh, depressing note, um, we will say, oh, how about this? I see where uh, Luis Suarez, he's going to be joining Messi in Miami. Seems cheap, right? Cheap or cheat? Both. Cheap. Cheat. Yeah. Cheating. Seems like cheating. Yes, it does. Because he was was arguably the best player in South American leagues this year. He was phenomenal for Gremio. It's just. Yeah. It's just cheap. I know. I know. Anyway. All right. Forget it. Uh, anyway, that was a good night. Uh, so, uh, hey, hopefully you'll take some time, watch some games uh, tomorrow over the weekend. Uh, there's really no college football going on this weekend. Army-Navy game, I think, is it. So uh, take advantage of that. Watch some of those you know, late Saturday afternoon games uh, if you get a chance to. Oh, yeah. So, any other words, Cole, before we sign off? That's it for me. All right. Check us out on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And other than that, let's go USA.